With your Amex card, entertainment benefits like special ticket access and pre-sales to select can't miss events while supplies last, make every tap music to your ears. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. It's the crossover Sports Illustrated's NBA show. Breaking down the latest news, rumors, and everything in between. Here's your host, Chris Mannix, Rohan, and Chris Herring. This is the Crossover NBA Podcast. I'm Chris Mannix, joined this week by Rohan Nodkarni. And Rohan, uh, it was just a few days ago we had a big deal in the NBA involving the Portland Trailblazers. Well, we had another one over the weekend involving the Portland Trailblazers. Drew Holiday hopefully didn't look for an apartment in the Portland area. The Blazers, uh, I presume, weren't printing Drew Holiday jerseys uh, in the aftermath of his acquisition from Milwaukee in the little trade. He is headed to Boston in exchange for Malcolm Brogdon, Robert Williams, and two first-round picks. Uh, so we're going to unpack this deal from from a couple of different angles. And I suppose we should start with Boston, which is the contender of this group. The Celtics uh, paid a steep price, I think, for Drew Holiday, but uh, maybe a necessary one in getting the defensive-minded uh, guard that they lost since that Marcus Smart trade. So tell me, from Boston's perspective, what did you think of this deal? It's a fascinating move, Chris. I think in a vacuum, if you're just judging this trade as a trade by itself and nothing else happened this offseason, I think it's a pretty good move, right? I mean, Brogdon was obviously kind of his – te- his role with the team was nebulous at this point. Uh, tried to trade him earlier this summer. Couldn't do it because of his injury history. People were openly wondering uh, what his role was going to be on this team if he wanted to be back in the fold. Robert Williams, I think, is a really good young player, uh, someone who has – been very effective for the Celtics, but has also had health issues pop up time and time again, especially in the postseason, that I could understand why the team uh, would be okay moving him, even though I think he's a great young big on a very good contract. I, I think that 2024 Warriors first, yeah, if you can move that for an impact player, you do it. I don't think that's going to be a very good pick. I think what makes me a little bit nervous about this trade, Chris, and I graded it for SI, I gave it a B plus. I think what, what stops it of being short of a total home run for me is when you look at it in totality with the other moves they've made this summer i they are very very thin in the front court and to a degree the back court because look at their front court rotation i think some people have horford and porzingis penciled in to start next to each other we'll see if that ends up being the case but those are their only two centers on the roster really 
um, who look like playoff rotation guys at the moment. And Porzingis has played 10 playoff games. He has his own injury history. Horford's 37 coming off the lowest scoring postseason of his career. Backcourt, I mean, is Peyton Pritchard going to have to play in the playoffs? I know we're really zooming ahead here uh, by me bringing up the playoffs already, but that's why you make this trade, right, uh, to win in May and June. I, I think it's a very good trade, but and Boston has a, a, a tough-as-hell top six. But outside of that top six, I think those are their only playoff rotation guys as it stands right now. Yeah, I like the trade. I think a B-plus is, is a reasonable grade for this deal. Um, a couple things. One, I think they had to do something with Malcolm Brogdon. There was just mm-hmm. some bad juju around Malcolm Brogdon going into this season. Uh, you know, The Celtics had been posting a lot of stuff on social media. Malcolm Brogdon wasn't in it. We know that Brogdon was not happy uh, that he was included in the trade talks for Porzingis months ago. You know, Brad Stevens had done his best to clean that up over the last couple of months, but you know, there was a, a vibe that a lot of people I know were getting that Malcolm Brogdon was going to come to camp, you know, not in the best of moods, not in the best of of, of frames. Not to mention, I, I still don't know the health of Malcolm Brogdon's arm. You know, th- this has mm. been one of the weirder off-season non-stories that we've had. Brogdon injured that arm during the conference finals, during the playoffs, and it, it flared up significantly during the conference finals. Really made him a non-factor on the back end of that Miami series. Uh, he he did not have surgery this offseason when I think a lot of people expected him to. Uh, and, and we just didn't know. This is a guy that's had an injury history of his own. Uh, so there was a lot of uncertainty around Malcolm Brock. I think it was the right deal to to move him along. And, you know, you get a holiday, and not only are you getting a all-star point guard, 19 points per game, all-defensive team level, uh, you're also getting a guy highly motivated to play Milwaukee. And I think that's mm-hmm. a big part of this. I mean, the holiday's going to come to the Celtics. And look, I think the Celtics are going to sign him to a long-term deal, whether it's now or uh, at the end of the season. You're getting a guy that, you know, can match up with the Bucks' new weapon, and that's Damian Lillard. You, you're getting a guy that, you know, can give you 35 minutes of defense against Damian Lillard. That's going to be invaluable. I, I just don't, I think the Celtics are going to have a lot of trouble against Milwaukee without that defensive stopper in the backcourt. Now they have him. I am concerned, like you are, about trading Robert Williams. Because Robert Williams is just a year removed from his own Defensive Player of the Year campaign. Like mm-hmm. He is an elite rim protector. He's good on pick and rolls. He, he just does a he lot. switch, yeah. Yeah, he does a lot for that team defensively. Uh, right now, their front line is Porzingis, it's Al Horford, and... Suddenly, it's Wenyan Gabriel, who was added just minutes after this deal was agreed to. That's not enough. That ain't it. Because you can certainly count on Porzingis missing some time during the season. The guy's had a history of injuries during his career. Al Horford, as you mentioned, getting up there in age. And look, there was some chatter amongst people within the Celtics organization that I, I talked to over the last you know months and even year uh, after Al Horford signed his extension. That Look, Al was going to be a you know, 50 to 60 game player this Mm -hmm. season. I mean, he signed a contract that cuts his salary dramatically going into this year. And I think they're going to cut, they're going to shave his minutes down. No back to backs, you know, monitor the few three and four nights. I mean, he's just going to get a lot of rest, I think during the regular season. So now you're counting on what? Wenyan Gabriel, who hasn't really made an impact anywhere. um, They may not be done. I mean, they still have a couple of first round picks to deal. They've got, uh, 
that Grant Williams trade exception at six point two million they can use. So they've got some um, some options here, and, and I think they have to use them because I don't think you can go into the year expecting to beat you know Milwaukee. You know, again to circle it back to the Bucks who have Brooke Lopez, Bobby mm-hmm. Portis. They've still got some you know Giannis. They've still got some beef on that front line. You've got to get somebody else. You've got to pick up another big, whether it's on the trade market, whether it's in free agency. I, I don't know, but to me, you've got to get at least one more big to be considered a true peer of the Bucks. I agree. I think they need one more big and ideally one more. I mean, even just look at the wing. I mean, it's O'Shea Brissett, uh, Peyton Pritchard. I mentioned. Uh, I, I'm, look, I, I'm not. I'm not super worried about Pritch, Pritchard. I mean, I look Pritchard to me. Um, he he would be getting rotation minutes on most teams in the league. Yeah, I'll, I'll he, was, he, he was a uh, he, he got he was a victim of the numbers game last year. They acquired yes. Brogdon. He can only play so many guys. And the wing right. the wings are not so, so worried about either. I mean, Jalen Brown's an Iron Man. Jason Tatum too. Like they're like these guys are still in their you know mid twenties. Mm-hmm. Uh, I I think they'll be okay there. I just worry. I mean, I think they may have to play small a lot. Like I, yeah. you know, I, I don't think. Horford's a four, and I certainly know Porzingis isn't anymore. He's too right. fl- too flat footed to be a four. They're going to have to play some smaller lineups with Porzingis and Horford at five, and you know maybe it's Tatum, maybe it's Brown, maybe it's somebody else playing four. I, I agree, I agree, because I I don't like the idea of playing Porzingis and Horford together that much, and you can't really do that now because of the, your front court depth. Uh, I think you need to split those two and their minutes up and help keep Horford's minutes down. So. Yeah, I, I'm with you on the aspect of I like the idea of just as a response to the Lillard trade, going out and get Holiday, who I am with you. I think he is going to be incredibly, incredibly excited to play the Bucks. I mean, I, I have that penciled in as the conference finals now immediately, and I, I'm, I'm ready for that series tonight. I mean, uh, it's going to be incredible theater for sure. It's just, yeah, you, you also mentioned they're going to re-sign Holiday. Is he going to... What's that number going to come in? Is it going to be closer to $30 million? Is it going to be closer to $20 million? Because now Boston's operating as a second apron team, and that has consequences as well. I will say that I, I respect them going for it, and I respect Brad Stevens and their ownership group for committing to being a second apron team, because I do think we've seen teams, namely Miami, frankly, be very careful about straddling that line. And I, I respect the teams that are, are willing to accept the consequences at least financially, the problem is roster building wise now, especially for a team that's top heavy, they're going to have to figure out how do we improve? You can't sign, you can't sign as many buyout guys as second April team. You lose all these exceptions, etc. cetera. I, I, if they use that Grant Williams trade exception and, and package some more first round picks, that would be very impressive. I don't, I don't know which player is at that salary uh, right now for them to go out and get, but that would be, I think, impressive work by them, uh, at least their ownership group to really committing to building the winner. Yeah, I don't know who they're going to get for that slot either. It's not a big number um, mm-hmm. when you when you think about who might be available. Uh, the first round picks will be valuable, but it's more about sliding uh, a player into that slot that mm-hmm. is going to be challenging. I'm just looking at some of the names that are potentially out there. Uh, Mason Plumley, who I don't think he's eligible to be traded for a couple of months at least. Uh, I'm just going down a list of the guys I have on my my handy dandy spreadsheet here at the <laughs> Jalen Williams is not really available. I don't think Dwight Powell. I guess you could get uh, Andre Drummond doesn't make a lot of sense. I think you need more of a four than a five. Yeah. It's 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 just it's it's not. You know, I mean, you want to go not free ideal. Ag- yeah, I mean, you want to go free agency. You know, Bismack Biombo is still out there. Uh, Gorgie Jang is still out there. Dwayne Dedman, Willie Cauley Stein. I, I just don't. I mean, it's 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 not a, a. There isn't a guy out there like oh that guy can play. 
in in your postseason here's, rotation. Here's what I'll say though: I do think it's not going to be an issue for them in the Eastern Conference. Frankly, I think Milwaukee and Boston are kind of a similar position where they're both so top heavy that my concern is more about them lasting through an entire playoffs, uh, perhaps beating a team with a little bit more depth in the finals, but. I don't think it's going to be an issue for either of those clubs in the East, uh, depth-wise. I mean, regular season, guys like Brissett, uh, Hauser, whoever, they're a little more playable then, and they can they can patch that together and make it work. Um, it's more so those last two rounds of the playoffs where it becomes a little bit of an issue. Uh, but they have a lot of time between now and then to, to figure out uh, some solutions. I still think they're cut below Milwaukee at this point, but they needed to make that deal. They needed to get mm-hmm. a a defender. And now, look, their backcourt went from being a little bit uncertain to one of the best defensive backcourts in the NBA with Holiday and mm-hmm. Derek White. Those two are going to be, you know, they're versatile. They switch on everything. They're going to be tough to 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 go up against in uh, for any team uh, that's out there. Um, in Portland, you know, Joe Cronin, I think, has had a pretty good week. You know, he started the week. It's, you know, was he going to do a deal with Miami? We just caved to Damian Lillard's wishes. Uh, does the deal with Milwaukee, gets DeAndre Ayton, gets a couple of first round picks or one first round pick uh, from the Bucks. Uh, then he turns around and flips Drew Holiday for two first round picks and two assets that are going to, you know, fetch a. Uh, at least one first round pick, I think, in return or, or possibly two. I mean, Malcolm Brogdon. You know, you're just going down the list with guards that Portland is making available. You know, first it's Damian Lillard. Now it's Drew Holiday. Then it's Malcolm Brogdon. I can only imagine the phone calls coming from, you know, whoever is making those phone calls in Miami. Like saying, you know, first they, they lose out on Lillard, then it's grumbling. They lose out on Holiday, it's grumbling. And now you're calling well, probably. Apparently there haven't, haven't, apparently there haven't been many phone calls between the Heat and the well, Blazers well, the, the, for the, a long time. Well, <laughs> no, I, I, think, I think there was some communication over Drew Holiday. I do think that was... There was uh, there was talk there, uh, and now they're probably going to have to be talk about Malcolm Brogdon because if Malcolm's healthy, and that's probably the most the biggest question mark. Mm-hmm. Guy was sixth man of the year last year. Yeah, <laughs> he was he was a good player and can be a starter on a a playoff team. So, you know, Joe Cronin, you know, as I said, gets eight, and now he has three first round picks in return. He's probably going to get at least one more. I think Robert Williams would also fetch a first. I mean, I've I've read some stuff about Williams staying in Portland. I don't really get that. Like, <laughs> listen, I. You're going to be upset. We don't need to have this argument again. We had it last week. If I'm them, I'm maybe looking at trying to keep Robert Williams moving forward over DeAndre. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Would you? No. Yeah. Stop. Stop. First of all, Robert Williams, Like I've had a bird's eye view of Robert Williams for many years. When he's <laughs> on the floor, he is tremendously talented defensively. The problem is, he's never on the floor. He has a lot, had a lot of injury issues outside of that one year they went to the finals. Every other year, it's like something comes up. With Robert Williams, I don't think you can trust him to choose him over uh, DeAndre. I, I don't disagree. Uh, here's what I'll say about Joe Cronin. I, I think that again, especially when so much of the conversation this summer was, there's going to be no other teams involved. Nobody else is going to want to trade for Damian Lillard. For him to wait out and gin up a market, I think is incredibly successful. I, I am interested to see what happens with Williams and Brogdon because I agree. I think it it this would imply that there are more moves to be made only because you know one of the criticisms i'd say of why they didn't want to deal with miami is oh these picks are going to be bad i'm i'm kind of of surprised that they settled for that 2024 warriors pick i know some people are saying oh draymond's gonna be out like they might not be very like i don't understand um i would rather take a future boston but even if you're betting on boston being bad in the future i mean what tatum and brown are 26 and 
25 or 25 and 26 rather like um i i'm interested i don't think the moves are done i'm with you i think brogdon it definitely makes sense as a trade target again what his value is going to be because of that injury history will be interesting williams i do think a lot of teams would want especially on that contract it's a very manageable contract even with his injury history i think he's the kind of player you take a chance on so I think they did well. I think the most impressive thing is the fact that they were able to get other teams involved. I think the actual package, I know, uh, you know, a lot of people are kind of frothing their mouth over the, the heat disdain, but like some of these picks, like the Boston and Warriors picks, I'm kind of like nonplussed about, to be honest. Yeah. Uh, I mean, the Warriors picks probably going to be somewhere in the 20s. Same thing. With, mm-hmm. Well, I mean, like, I guess the Boston pick, you don't really know. I mean, the 2029 sure. pick, I mean, right. who knows what, what that team's going to look like in five years. It's too hard to. Mm-hmm. To project, but the bottom line is, you know, you're, you're if you play if Joe Cronin plays his cards right over the next couple of months, he is probably going to walk away with, or at least there's a chance he could walk away with DeAndre Ayton and five first round picks. That's right. not bad, and that Daniel puts Miller. them and that puts them also in position to, let's say a guy comes out on the market and and they you know it's a similar position to Lillard, right? They have a few years left on their deal. What's to stop them from going out? And getting someone of Scoot Henderson is great right away. They'll have the contracts for it. They'll have the picks for it. Um, I, 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 they did a good job. They uh, objectively did a very good job. Yeah, I don't think the Blazers though, are going to be buyers anytime soon. I think they're. <laughs> I, I like Scoot Henderson, but he's probably two or three years away from from really reaching that potential. Mm-hmm. He's looking like he's getting there. Oh yeah, but like you know, look, those picks are deep into the future, many of them. So mm-hmm. they they can deal them in two or three years and, and get a piece back. In return, I look even now, like I'm still reading tweets from people in Miami, some heat media that that's still that like you, know, you trade Drew Holiday to uh, Boston as a way to stick it to the heat. Like, I mean, come on, what, what kind of rabbit hole are you going down that that you're believing Joe Cronin's sole mission in his basketball life is to screw over the Miami Heat? I, I don't I don't get that. He, he got a good deal. I'm sorry. And, and look, if he had taken Tyler Hero in that deal. Tyler Hero is not as valuable as Drew Holiday. He's not. Okay. Tyler Hero is an excellent player, but Tyler Hero to championship teams is not as valuable as Drew Holiday. He's not. Let's. I don't. First of all, let me just say this, and I, there's no way to sound talk about this. That sound like I'm defending Miami. I think Joe Cronin did a fantastic job. I think he should have taken this deal. I just think that. In a deal with Miami, I think Portland still gets Aiton. I think that's a separate framework. I think they're getting Aiton no matter which team they trade Damian Lillard to. And I don't think they're taking Tyler Hero. I think the the what I'd heard is Hero is more likely to go to a team like Brooklyn or San Antonio, and Portland's yes. getting Portland's still getting three picks in this scenario. So I think if, wh- whichever the case may be, they're going to get three picks in Aiton. But I think in this framework, they end up getting Williams and Brogdon too which I think is better trade value for them than the Heat young guys, which is what makes this better than a trade for them. But, I, you know, I don't think Hero was going there. I think Aiton was going there no matter what. So I think it's a little bit better, but it's not this, like, you know, people are talking about it also, like, outside of Miami, people in Boston and people in Portland are talking about this master stroke, and it's like, okay, let's calm down. Let's When they get when they have to select someone with the 2024 Warriors pick, then, you know, we can talk more about how great this trade was. Yeah, but it also if they wind up with five first round picks out of it, which is not you know out of the realm of possibility, then the the case is closed. the The book is, is is everything is settled. Like it would have been a a strong trade overall for 
for Joe Cronin and the Portland Trailblazers. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh my, look at that, he is... And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Last thing I, w- I want to get into as kind of you know, shrapnel from all this is that you know, James Harden is still a member of the 76ers. Yeah. Is, we're recording this uh, media day on Monday. No idea what James Harden <laughs> is going to do at this point. Uh, but it sure sounds like he's going to be on the Sixers roster at the very least. Uh, you know, The Clippers, I think, are still going to be interested in James Harden. But I think they're also as interested or more in Malcolm Brogdon. who makes a little bit more sense for what they're trying to do uh, right now in L.A. Like, what, what are the options right now? For Philadelphia, do they have any options? Uh, is it as simple as you bring James Harden back and say, "Hey, you're going to play for us," or you know, good luck trying to get a contract in 2024? Man, it's also like the Clippers. I wonder if how seriously the Clippers, what competitive offer they tried to make for Drew Holiday, because I think they're a team that's linked to Harden, and I think Holiday would have made more sense for them. Which brings me back to, I wonder if they just have to revisit that framework between uh, the Clippers and the Sixers. And sending Harden out to L.A. I don't know, man. If I'm the Sixers and I see that the Bucks and Celtics have taken a step up when those teams are already a little bit better than where I was, I don't know that holding on to Harden makes... It, it maybe would have made sense if the Lillard trade didn't happen, if the Holiday trade didn't happen. Maybe you can talk yourself into, listen, we keep Harden, we're right there neck and neck with these teams... Instead, it's like you've already taken such a step back. Now you want to, on top of that, deal with the headache of having this Harden situation linger over your entire season. Um, especially when Embiid has made the comments he's made this summer. Um, I don't think you can... I just... I'm personally, and Daryl Morey, credit to him, has a much bigger appetite for risk than I do. I don't know that I want to put Joel through another season like the Simmons one with Harden for a team that I think is a, a, a cut below uh, its two chief rivals in the conference. So I think if I'm the Sixers, I'm looking back at what can I get from the Clippers? Can I get a first? Um, maybe it's not Terrence Mann, or maybe it is Terrence Mann first and a player that can be a rotation piece right now, and I'm betting big on Maxi and Embiid kind of being my top two guys because I, I just don't understand what what – at this point, why is it worth keeping Harden around – when I, I don't think you're going to win the conference anyway. 
Well, Terrence Mann would would get me interested because I think Terrence Mann is a legit prospect. I don't think Terrence Mann's available, at least not mm. in you know versions of 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 a deal that the Clippers have talked to the Sixers about. Um, I, I look, I I don't know what options the Sixers have other than bringing him to camp and telling him to just play. Um, because the only other option is doing a bad deal with the Clippers that effectively makes this year a gap year. I, I think with James Harden, you give yourself a puncher's chance to compete with the Bucks in the Eastern Conference, uh, and maybe even better than that. You know, if Harden you know, plays to the highest of levels, which he'll be motivated to do, I would imagine, to get a new contract, you've got Harden, you've got Tobias Harris, you've got an improved Tyrese Maxey, you've still got Joel Embiid. Like, you've got enough to compete with the Bucks team. It's got to, to figure out some things with their rotation as well. They need to flesh out the depth uh, of that team. Brooke Lopez, we, we, you know, I wrote, you know, recently that he was ageless and he looks that way, but who knows? Maybe he takes a step back this year um, as he's, what, 35, 36 years old. I, I just don't know what choice you have if you're Philadelphia than to bring him in and hope he is professional. I saw some pictures circulating on social media of him you know, at a nightclub. Did you see those? Those those some yeah, yeah. Moore's a liar signs. I mean, it's yeah, like yeah. what are we doing? Like what are we? What are we doing? Maybe and that's he has the thing is like you that. do. I don't know. It, I mean, he probably doesn't, but that's just the kind of circus that I don't know that. That's that's the thing because. But don't you it, think? Like, don't you think Embiid? Like, if given the choice of dealing with some drama and having James Harden or no drama and really not having much of a chance to compete this year. Do you think Joel Embiid would choose the drama? He strikes me as the kind of guy that would choose, you know, chance to win overall else. <sighs> it's a good question. And I don't know where his relationship is with Harden at the moment. And I think I lean, I lean. Yes. He'll put up with the drama, but he seems. I mean, you know, he's always trolling on Twitter, so I don't. I don't know that you can take his Twitter too seriously. But when he's like, "This was a fun off season," right after the holiday trade, like I'm sure there's already a level of frustration for him, and the season hasn't even started. I mean, if they get off to a slow start, um, there's going to be all these questions. He's also dealing with all this in the wake of the Jokic title, which is not directly related to all this, but kind of will hang over Embiid. I think to an extent, it's. I just don't know that the juice is worth the squeeze. And, and I think they'll have to determine how much of a chance they really believe they have to win with Harden and Embiid. When they've also, I mean, they got Pat Beverly and Kelly Oubre, but it's not like they made any major upgrades this summer either. Um, to kind of throw them into the fire against these Bucks and Celtics teams that already felt a little bit better than them. I don't know, man. I, 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 I'm at the point now where I honestly don't know if, if it's going to be a gap year anyway, why not just hunt on the Harden experiment, not have the circus follow around Embiid for an entire year. Winning! Winning is why. A chance to win <laughs> is why you keep Harden around. I, I don't I don't buy into the... Look, Embiid's going to turn 30 this year. Like, you, you, if he was 23, I might say punt and go mm -hmm. and wait till next year, but you can't just throw away years, especially with a guy that may not have the kind of longevity the Sixers hope. You know, he may be yeah. 32, 33 and be, uh, you know, just a you shell of his former self. Do you think there are any teams out there besides the Clippers that would take on Harden? I mean, I'd probably call Miami if they strike out again mm -hmm. and say, would you take Harden on for one year? Would you give us Kyle Lowry and, you know, one first-round pick? I even, mm -hmm. But again, I don't know. You know, Philadelphia, if you take Daryl Morey at his word, at his word they're not going to do a deal unless it makes them, you know, the same team or better. And there's, there's very few deals out there that, would do that. I mean, I, I, if you were able to acquire Lillard, I would have understood that. But 
other than that, there's no deal out there that's going to make them measurably better. Like acquiring Marcus Morris and some some cap filler uh, doesn't do it. Acquiring you know Kyle Lowry at 35 doesn't do it. Uh, you know, they'd have to make a reversal. The Sixers would have to decide they really just don't want the headache. And mm-hmm. everything we know about Daryl Morey is that he doesn't really mind the headache as long as it gives him a chance to win. So I, I right now, I think the Sixers' best move is to hold on to the guy and as we've said many times in this podcast in the offseason, call his bluff, say, look, if you don't want to play, that's fine, but good luck getting a long-term deal in free agency this summer. It's not going to happen. If you, you know, toxify this situation after you toxified Houston, after you toxified Brooklyn, uh, you're not going to have much luck getting a $20, $25 million per year deal. You'll probably be looking at exceptions from here on out. I think that's, uh, basketball-wise, a strategy that makes the most Mm -hmm. sense. Let, let me ask you real quick, while, while we're here, the wake of these trades, media day starting up, would you pick either the Bucks or Celtics to win the title as things stands right now? Uh, I, I would still, until I see uh, until I see evidence otherwise, Denver's still a team to beat. Um, mm-hmm. Because I think Denver will have enough organic growth with Jamal Murray, another year removed from ACL surgery. I think Christian Brown will be better in year two. I think they'll have enough organic growth to overcome the loss of Bruce Brown and Jeff Green. Plus, Jokic is still very much in his prime. And I, I think chemistry is going to matter, too, mm-hmm. because there's so many teams out there that are just going to be incorporating new pieces from you know the Clippers, uh, you know their guys back in, the Suns, a whole bunch of new guys, uh, the Grizzlies without John Morant for 25 games. Same thing in the East. I mean, the top two teams are strong, but you know there's a lot of moving parts there. Mm-hmm. I, so I, right, right now, I'm leaning towards, I, I would pick Denver, until I see evidence that other teams have come together better, you know, and the Eastern conference is going to be tougher because right now I lean towards Milwaukee to win that conference because of the aforementioned size. But, mm-hmm. uh, I, I, yeah, I, I can't pick against Denver until I see something that tells me not I, to. I do think no one has done anything to slow down Murray and Jokic as a tandem, which is important. Like, or at least, you know, genuinely put some fear into them. It's very interesting to me though, that, Denver, Boston, and Milwaukee are all just really, really top-heavy teams. And I think we're going to, you know, Milwaukee and Boston, especially now in the second apron era, I'm curious to see the fallout of that and the consequences of that. And maybe it doesn't matter. I mean, Denver, you know, they had Bruce Brown and Jeff Green last year, which were very key pieces to their bench. But it's not like they had an insanely good bench the entire year either. So I'm very curious to see kind of the fallout of those decisions because – I think there are teams like Los Angeles, Golden State, who have a little bit more depth, but will that ultimately matter uh, come postseason time? It's going to be interesting. It'll be fun, that's for sure. Media Day is here, the official start of the NBA calendar. Enjoy Media Day and all that comes from it on Monday. We'll be back uh, for another episode of this show probably a little bit later on this week. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. 
I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote.